0: The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the eye test brought to you by Belly Up Sports Media. I'm your host, John Kirkner, accompanied by co-hosts Paul Orlando and Bobby Amendola. And today's episode is another week of the doghouse with a special twist. So stay tuned to see what that twist is. But I can Hint it right now, there is going to be some controversy in tonight's episode. So stay tuned. We got a great one for you. Last week was our first time introducing players that became free men. So let's go ahead and start with that. Paul, we've got two men entering the freedom stage.
1: We do indeed, and if you missed our episode that released yesterday, be sure to check that out because we go into detail about Isaiah Pacheco and how he found his way to freedom. But alongside him tasting sweet, free, fresh air is Damian Pierce. He had a decent game this week, put up 11.8 points against the Pittsburgh defense. This Houston Texans offense looks pretty fun. So Damian Pierce has found himself a free man after week four. For now, and,
0: and only two players entering the freedom stage, which means there must be a lot of people in the probationary portal that uh, maybe found their way back into the doghouse. We'll get back to that later. Let's go ahead and talk about that probationary portal, Bob. Who do we got? We got a pretty decent crew here today. We
2: have a pretty notable crew here, actually. And it all starts with Garrett Wilson. We thought Garrett Wilson was dead because of not literally dead, just fantasy (laughs) dead (laughs) with Zach Wilson as his quarterback. Didn't turn out that way. Threw in 15 fantasy points, which is pretty much what you could really expect now if Zach Wilson is going to be an average quarterback. David Njoku had a decent game, put up 10 points, got his way into the probationary portal. Like Paul said, if you want to hear us talk more about Josh Jacobs and his breakout game, head on over to our previous episode, the Fantasy Awards episode. Drake London had almost 12 points. I know we expect more from him, but you can't really expect much in this offense at this point. So, 12 points finds his way into the probationary portal. Khalil Herbert, big breakout game against the Swiss cheese Denver defense, almost 25 points gets into the probationary portal. From last week. And then we have Justin Fields, who against the Swiss Cheese Denver defense put up almost twenty nine points, four passing touchdowns, which you rarely see out of Justin Fields, found his way into the probationary portal after being a huge bust the first three weeks. And finally, we have Brees Hall making his way from the doghouse into the probationary portal. Whoa, Didn't whoa. have a gr-
0: what? probationary portal. Yeah. How what, do you what, mean? what did Breeze Hall Breeze Hall does not deserve to be let go at like out of the doghouse? He absolutely, he absolutely does. How?
2: <laughs> Ladies.
1: Uh, what? Ladies, let's uh I think we need to settle
0: this in court. Oh. 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 <laughs> court, you say. Yes. Okay. I, I'll i defend Brees Hall. I mean, I I'm I'm you're not defending Brees uh, Hall. Yeah, I'm gonna John. prosecute him. You seem ass. like you want to prosecute do. him and throw yeah. him back
2: in the doghouse.
0: Yeah, I, I think he deserves to stay. So you
2: go go ahead. Court is in session. You tell us why Brees Hall deserves to stay in the doghouse. All right, so Paul, you're you're the judge.
1: Yes, I'll be the judge. And John, uh you have you're the public defendant for Brees Hall, correct? I'm going to be what, the
0: prosecutor, actually. I'm
1: sorry. You're prosecuting Brees Hall for him yep. to remain in the doghouse. And, Bob, you are the public defendant here to vouch for your sweet, sweet New York Jets. And their yes, sir. running back Brees Hall. All right. I will hear arguments from both parties. And then once I believe that I've had enough evidence to make a proper judgment, I will bestow that upon you, please. Uh, who would like to take the stand first?
0: I'll take it. I call Brees Hall to the stand.
1: All right, Mr. Hall, step forward, please. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Look, Brees Hall, we, we all expected that within four weeks, Brees Hall would be back to normal. And it is not looking like he is. I mean, his his snap count is really showing that. Starting from week one, 10 attempts, four attempts, 12 attempts, six attempts, not the Brees Hall that we once knew. And yeah, I get it. He tore his ACL and ended his season. But the whole thing was that after the first four weeks, we were expecting Brees Hall to get back to his normal self. In fact, even in week one, it looked like he did. And then all of a sudden it's like, he just can't do it anymore. And you're saying that he deserves to get out of the doghouse after scoring Just under 10 points, rushing the ball six times for 56 yards and catching the ball three times for 13, scoring no touchdowns, doesn't break double digits, didn't even meet his projected score of 10.45. I think, ladies and gentlemen of the court, Brees Hall deserves to stay in the doghouse. And you know what? He can have his chance at probationary portal next week against the Swiss cheese Denver Broncos. Thank all you. Right.
1: Mr. Amendola, your rebuttal. Thank
0: you. Thank you,
2: Your Honor. I'm happy to be here, happy to be defending my wrongfully accused client. And it's there's a very simple reason. I think all of John's arguments actually are the case for Brees Hall to get out of the doghouse. Now, Objection, I, Your Honor.
1: Uh, <laughs> let the man speak, say. Mr. Kertner. Sit back down. <laughs>
2: Now, I understand he didn't hit his projection this week, which is normally our standard, but he did have 9.9. Are we really going to nickel and dime him over 0.5 points? That's literally five yards in most leagues. Let's not nickel and dime him. And I'm going to throw some stats at you for his, you know, since you say he hasn't been playing out, which he hasn't. He hasn't played 50% of the snaps at all yet in any game. And over those games, He has 6.6 yards per carry and he's averaging over eight yards a catch. So the eye test is telling you, and even on limited opportunities, he is producing, but the opportunities haven't been there yet. So I, you know, I think he belongs, he deserves to get out because of those limited opportunities and he has been productive in those limited opportunities. And also, what are we called here, guys? We are called the eye test. The eye test tells you that Brees Hall deserves to get out because he is the best running back in the Jets' backfield, and he has a cake matchup this week, and this is going to be the game where hopefully the Jets decide that they play him over 50%
1: of the snaps, and ultimately he will break out finally. All right, those are both compelling arguments. I will allow each of you 10 seconds for any final statements, Mr. Kirkner.
0: I just think Bob wants Brees Hall, a Jet fan, wants (laughs) Brees Hall to be a free man because he knows if you can put him in the probationary period, he will become a free man against the Broncos in week five.
1: The court has noted your statement, Mr. Amendola. Uh, That's just not true. I'm the most unbiased person
2: as they come. I would never conspire to get
1: Brees Hall into freedom just based on his matchup would never happen. Got it. Well, I appreciate you both gentlemen. We're going to take a quick 15 minute intermission and come back. All right. The ruling is in after discussing with the the juror of your peers and myself, it was a tied vote from the jury, which means that I have to come down. I don't know if that's how it actually works in law and I don't care. This is our court. So (laughs) I'm excited. The ruling statement is, Mr. Hall, you stay in the doghouse. To
0: the doghouse. Damn. You guys,
1: you both brought some very compelling arguments here. But the big thing, Brees Hall was a pretty high draft pick this year and playing 50% of the snaps and not scoring over 10 points, no matter how bad the offense is. He was still a very productive running back last year on an Aaron Rodgers list, New York Jets. I would expect at least some decent production. And Mr. Hall, you do have a very good chance of finding freedom soon. I do not foresee you in the doghouse much longer, but for now you remain.
0: It's going to be hard for Brees Hall because he could get in probation against Denver, but then he's got Philly and then a bye week. So <laughs> it's going to be tough, but all right. Dude, that Philly defense isn't what you think it is, John. <laughs> yeah. I, I, our d line's looking nice. All right. Well, um, hey, we're, we're going to start talking about the doghouse here. But um, we did clear out the doghouse pretty well. So let's go over and talk about the players that have left the doghouse and have landed a spot on Bust Island.
1: Yes, so Bust Island is becoming more and more populated as the weeks go. So we have Javante Williams and Dalvin Cook up there. We got Dallas Goddard, Kyle Pitts. Oh, my God. I bet you his little TP he's made on Bust Island is so nice because he's going to be there. For a very long time. AJ Dillon and Jameer Gibbs. Ugh, AJ Dillon, what an absolute disappointment. Jameer Gibbs, I think, will get out of it eventually, but for now he remains. And of course, we have Antonio Gibson, Kadarius Toney, Cam Akers. T. Higgins is down there as well. Oof. And he's hurt. So insane. I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what that means for him. But then we have Someone who I think we least expected to find himself here—he is the highest paid, highest paid man in football, mind you—and that is Don't Joe Burrow. No. no, Joe Burrow's up there, dude. He's a Absol- bust.
0: Bust Island?
1: Yeah, he's a Bust Island, dude. Absolutely Bust Island, John. You,
0: you think you absolutely? Going to bust island? Are you kidding me, <laughs> dude? Let's go back to court then. We got go to go back court. to court. Okay, I think we got to go back to court. We got to Co- go back to court. Co- court is in dun,
1: session. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, guys. John, we're back in court now.
2: Yeah. Paul's going to be the judge again. I'm going to be prosecuting this time, and I'm prosecuting one of the highest paid men in football, if not the highest paid. I'm not exactly sure. And The highest paid per yearly whatever crap. And let's throw fantasy out there for a second. This man is the highest-paid quarterback, highest-paid player in the NFL. He should be performing better than he is. I know he may be hurt, but honestly, these numbers are just straight-up unacceptable for Joe Burrow through four weeks. He is, again, we talked about it last week, he is the QB 31 through four weeks. He has two touchdown passes on the season. I've seen Joe Burrow throw two touchdown passes in a quarter, and he only has two through the first four games of the season, his highest scoring game through four weeks is 16 points. And honestly, he wasn't even that impressive during that game. And it, it's really, really bad for him. And you always have to take into account draft capital as well. This guy was being drafted as a top five quarterback and he's, (laughs) he's not even a QB two, not even a low QB two. He's a mid QB three. There is no reason, especially after this last week when he was playing the supposed Swiss cheese Titans passing defense, he had a measly 4.7 points. Just not good enough for a guy that's paid this much. Just not good enough for a guy that was drafted this high. And frankly, there's no excuse because Joe Burrows has produced better even when he's had less weapons. So
1: I rest my case, your honor. Thank you, Mr. Amendola. Mr. Kirkner, it's your turn to take the stand.
0: Sure, thank you. (laughs) Mr. Burrow, thanks for coming today. Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I present to you today a case showcasing a violation of Mr. Burrow's Eighth Amendment.
2: Gasp. Yes. Oh my God. We're playing. We're playing. Yes, that the- is
0: right. This is cruel <laughs> and unusual punishment, a pure violation of Mr. Burrow's Eighth Amendment. And I just, I understand that the stats are showcasing that Joe Burrow is not having a good season. And I understand that he was drafted as a top five quarterback, but. Do we forget the calf injury that he sustained? Oh, here we in, go. Uh, here uh, we Your go. Your Honor, Mr. Amidola. Mr. calling Mr. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. He had a calf injury in the preseason, and it is clearly lingering. <laughs> and I am not saying that Joe Burrow is having a good season, but me, as the defendant, I am trying to keep him off of Bust Island because he does not deserve it. Does he deserve the doghouse and to stay in there? Yes, I'm not arguing for a probationary portal. I am defending him to stay in the doghouse where he belongs. Sending him to Bust Island is pure, cruel, and unusual punishment, a violation of the Eighth Amendment. Thank you.
1: Compelling argument there, Mr. Kirkner. All right. I will allow each, I will allow each, whatever your guys' title is as lawyers, 10 seconds of a final statement. Mr. Amendola. Mr. Amendola Esquire. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We are
2: a fantasy show. If Joe Burrow's hurt, he shouldn't be playing. We care about stats at the end of the day, and he's just not producing.
1: Mr. Kirkner.
0: Well, perfect. If we care about stats, then let's go back to Brees Hall of 2023, where stats do not matter. Different the court case. Test, Different court eye case. Test Different mattered. court case. It's the same thing as Roe v. Wade. No, this is all in, the eye test. We are focused on in. the eye test. I will
1: have order in my court. I will have order in my court. All right, gentlemen, thank you. Uh, for your arguments. We're going to take a quick 15 intermission. There are refreshments in the back. The coffee's actually from Dunkin', so it's not complete uh, bullshit like it usually is. Please feel free to grab yourself a cup and a donut. We'll be back. Thank you. Okay, we got Frosted Donuts? All right. Gentlemen, at the reviewing of a jury of your peers and myself... Oh, my God. Look, it's a split vote again. It's up to me again. That's crazy (laughs) how this keeps happening. And I am going to... Have to send Joe Burrow to Bust Island. No, that yeah. is where <laughs> is he belongs. He has played awful this year, and maybe it's because I put a lot of money on a Jamar Chase touchdown this week, and they did not score a single one on offense. Joe Burrow, you have been an absolute disappointment this year, and like Mr. Amendola mentioned, the high draft capital top five quarterback, excuse me, top five quarterback predictions here. He's nowhere near it. He is borderline cuttable. If his name wasn't Joe Burrow, he would not be on your fantasy team this year. So, Joe Burrow, welcome to Bust John really
2: tried to
1: bring in the injury
0: excuse on a fantasy show. Last time we ever have a judge that put money on a player. (laughs) Like, of course he sends in the Bust Island. This is... (laughs) By no, but Paul
2: Paul came down to reason. Paul, if his name wasn't oh. Joe Burrow, he'd be you would
0: easily put him in Bust Island. Okay, well, Joe Burrow joins the rest of the crew at Bust Island. Let's go ahead and check out the players that are um going from the probationary portal to the doghouse. Um and that starts out with George Kittle. Bob. Yes. George Kittle. Let's uh, let's recap week four and uh, predict week five. See if you can get back to the probationary portal.
2: Yeah. uh, You know, we were all kind of optimistic after George Kittle had his mini breakout in week three. He had 16 points, but it went completely south for him in week four. And the Niners put up a lot of offense in week four, but it completely ran through CMC. George Kittle only had one target, one catch for nine yards, 1.9 points. And aside from CMC, and it kind of seems like Brandon Iyuk is, you know, taking over a little bit as well. It's pretty hard to predict this Niners offense as it ha- always has been. George Kittle doesn't seem to be as much of a focal point anymore with the rise of other guys. And going up against the Dallas defense next week, Unless you're, ju- it's pretty much just a dart throw at this point, and I'm not willing to say that George Kittle is going to be able to meet his nine and a half point projection in this game. Tough defense, unpredictable offense. George Kittle stays in the doghouse after being put back in the doghouse.
0: So basically, what you're saying is he comes back to the doghouse after being put in probationary portal. What? You just said a lot of dog
2: houses, there. yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I said he came back. I said he's gonna stay in the doghouse after coming back
0: to the doghouse. Oh, he did go doghouse probationary yeah. portal doghouse did. didn't he He did Wow, okay. All right. well, another guy coming back to the doghouse from the probationary portal is Alexander Madison. and honestly, it was a a close call, but we we did agree to throw Madison back. um he he had in the last two weeks, he's averaged about eighteen rush attempts and 94 yards, which is pretty nice, but he's not scoring touchdowns yet. Um, So we need to see a touchdown out of Madison to really boost his score, like above his projection, uh, which he did in week three, but not week four, just falling short. Um, Cam Akers is on the team. He didn't do much. He had like five rush attempts, Um, but I mean, Hey, we could see a little boost in Cam Akers eating into Alexander snaps. Um, Madison goes against Kansas city next week in week five. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Madison does it. I, I do think having Cam Akers there is taking some pressure off of Madison. He, Even though he probably is still like the three down back, it probably doesn't feel that way. Uh, Brees Hall was able to get close to double-digit points. I think Madison right now is healthier than Brees Hall and, and honestly better. Um, so I'll go Madison gets back to the probationary portal in week five. And then he's got Chicago week six. He could find himself as a free man.
1: Yeah, and then coming in after him is the Bengals offense does seem to be a theme for this doghouse episode. It's it's Jamar Chase, and I'm sorry, guys. He's got to remain here. From the guy who was the consensus number two overall, if not number three overall pick, it has been extremely disappointing. A lot of it is probably due to, to Joe Burrow's play as well he saw nine targets the volume has been there but he's he made seven catches for 73 yards and yes that was good for 14.3 points but when you have a, a pick of his caliber and a player of, of his talent on your team you the the floor should be 20 points the floor needs to be 20 points for your team to really sustain competitiveness in this league and it's just not there unfortunately first two weeks he didn't even score 10 week three he had a really good game but again. No touchdowns. We have not seen a touchdown from Jamar Chase this year, and it cost me some money last week, but (laughs) I digress. They do get a date with the Arizona Cardinals. Hopefully it's a get-right game for Jamar Chase and their fantasy value, but as a Ravens fan, I hope they suck.
0: All right, so we can welcome those guys back to the doghouse. Let's talk about the players that are staying in the doghouse First up, running back for the Buccaneers, Rashad White. I know scored. you didn't.
1: I know you didn't just say, Rashad yeah, White. I mean, he had ten points. I mean, I I know you didn't just say Rashad White, who is seeing Paul seventy so, percent so, snaps in a bad offense, but still seeing PPR. I, hold this hold on, offense Paul, isn't maybe, that bad as, as you guys, think. It the is. offense maybe,
0: isn't great. Hold on, it's, order, <laughs> order. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna be the judge here. Let's he, let's take this to court. All right, we're going to court again. Court is officially in session. Bob will be the prosecutor. Paul will be the defendant, obviously, because he has a um, order in his Amazon cart for the Rashad White fathead that doesn't even exist yet. It will. Um, So so that's what we're going to do. We're going to bring Mr. White on the stand. Mr. White, come to the stand. I will be the judge of this. I want full cooperation, silence, um, and only speak when you are spoken to. Okay, so we will start with Mr. Amendola. No, you may
2: no. Let Paul start. No, you're the prosecutor. No. no. Okay. (laughs) Bob resigns.
0: (laughs) We will. I don't
2: resign. I don't resign. I just. I just want to wait for.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Even though I'm the judge, I'm somehow getting played by the prosecutor. (laughs) You're you're damn good prosecutor. Mr. Orlando, you may go first.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I think Mr. Amendola thinks that he has an ace up his sleeve, but hear me out and let me explain to you why my client, Mr. White, deserves to not stay in this doghouse. So, Mr. Rashad White was drafted in the late 8th, early ninth round of most fantasy drafts and to most That is considered someone as a bench stash, as someone who you need to start somewhere in a pinch. Not someone who should be consistently on your starting lineup unless it's with injuries. And I'm here to tell you anytime that you can find a workhorse back of this caliber in that range, he should not be in the doghouse. Week two, yes, it was against Chicago, but we saw the potential in Mr. White's performance. He put up 21 points, 17 carries for 73 yards. It's amazing what happens when your offensive line actually blocks people. Tampa's offense, we saw it in Philly. They were getting bullied by those green men from Broadway Avenue, wherever you guys have your stuff. Broad Street. <clears throat> Broad Street, whatever. Hey, And then he comes back against New Orleans, a division rival that's an, always a physical game, that's always close Always, you know, rough and tough. And he put up almost 11 points. He put up almost 11 points. That's a flex-worthy play right there. He saw, yet again, 70% of the snaps, 15 carries. He was effective in the past game, catching three, all three of his targets. So he's getting you those PPR numbers. Is he scoring touchdowns this year? No, he only has one. But that's because Baker Mayfield has this weird thing for Mike Evans. But guess (laughs) what? Mike (laughs) Evans is hurt. So where is Mr. Baker Mayfield going to turn to? Check down Baker. He's going to turn to Rashad White. And so, Judge, Your Honor, you beautiful fedora-wearing man, I am asking you to please consider give Rashad White this break and let him prove to you after the bye that he deserves to be a free man. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Orlando. We will move over to Mr. Amendola unless he has another... that he'd rather do. (laughs) No, no, I think I'll take my
2: time now. And thank you, Mr. Orlando. It's an honor to have you here, even though as an adversary in this setting.
0: Esquire. In this setting. But
2: I need to be honest, Your Honor. I'm going to go through some stats and then I'm going to give you a little something that I think is going on behind the scenes about why Mr. Orlando is doing what he's
1: doing. So don't look at my Amazon order. Don't look at my Amazon order. (laughs) Rashad
2: White. Is by all accounts, by all measures, by all metrics, outside of biases by certain fantasy analysts, a mediocre running back. He is a mediocre running back. That's what he is. And his stats show that. And his performance outside of a few outliers show that. So, this season, I will say, you know, he is in RB2 territory. But like Mr. Orlando perfectly said, he's had one good game. And it was against the Chicago Bears, who, as we all know, can't play defense. They don't know how to play defense. And they somehow managed to let a mediocre running back have nearly 22 points against them. Credit to him there. Outside of that, he has not hit his projection in any of the other three games. Didn't hit his projection this past week against the Saints. He had 10.8 points. He was projected 12. Just not good enough. Just not good enough for a guy that's your RB2. Maybe you accept 10 points. Maybe you don't. But it's just not good. And he's averaging 3.2 yards per carry this year. I would not be happy with that as a starting running back. I would not want that. I wouldn't even want that as a flex play. And people talk about how he's this amazing pass catcher. He only has 13 catches this season. So less (laughs) than four catches a game, and he's only averaging six points, a little over six and a half yards a catch. Not that great. He just doesn't pass the eye test at all. And he does have the volume. I will say that. Does have the volume. So I've given you the stats now, given you the performance, single-digit games, pretty much barely cracked double digits in this past game. But I have reason to believe that Mr. Orlando is having an affair with Rashad
1: White. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> yes. An <laughs> affair?
1: Have you had relations with Rashad White? <laughs> Was it the wink in the courtroom that gave it away? I like, what? Mr. what? White, There's... is this true? You don't have to answer that, Mr.
2: White. <laughs> There's a clear conflict of interest here, Your Honor. I will let you digress, deliberate, but I had to get it out. I'm this done. is.
0: I, I appreciate everyone's arguments. I will have a 10-second closing argument by Mr. Orlando starting now.
1: Listen, I find I find my client, Mr. White, very attractive, but we have not had any relations of that sort in any way. I can assure you, he's a good-looking cat, but I just don't swing that way. And Mr. Amendola,
0: <laughs> do you swing that way?
1: I do not swing that way, but. Okay.
2: I have re there's there's too much going on here for Paul to relentlessly defend a mediocre running back. Then I need to believe there's something going on behind the scenes. That he's just the numbers just say that he's mediocre. That sounds
1: like hearsay to me, Your Honor.
0: We will close the argument. And let me tell you, I (laughs) have no I honestly I had an opinion before this, and you guys both did a very good job at swaying me both ways and then bob said the affair thing and i'm starting to think it's true and i just don't know like if all right maybe the... we don't post this episode guys please okay i i almost want to put this up for a poll for our voters but i have to do my job as a judge oh man i'm going to go ahead i'm going to go ahead and <laughs> i'm going to say that rashad white needs to stay in the doghouse. Thank you. And there. and Bob <laughs> and Paul, your arguments were very true about where he was drafted. However, there are players that are drafted much later that are making starting rosters, like Nico Collins and Tank Dell as flex because of their upside. Rashad White is not necessarily showing that. Um, with the volume that he's getting, any other running back would be putting up more yards per carry. And although Rashad White has not dropped a pass yet, he's not scoring touchdowns. And so, for that reason, we need to see Rashad White score, have a couple more games closer to that twenty-one mark. But as of now, majority rule says that he scores closer to the seven-point mark. So, Mister White, you guys try running behind that offensive line. That was good. That was a very good court session. I did not
1: see the affair coming at all. I thought that was pretty under wraps.
0: (laughs) All right, so let's head on over back to the doghouse and talk about the players that are staying in the doghouse. uh, Now with Mr. White, Uh, we will start out from Bob. DeAndre Hopkins getting comfy. DeAndre Hopkins is getting
2: very comfy there. And it's unfortunate because he was an amazing fantasy asset for years with Deshaun Watson. And even for the first couple years when he was in Arizona with Kyler Murray, but now in this Tennessee Titans offense, that seems like it's being run. Like it's the 1990s again, Deandre Hopkins just isn't producing, you know, you want to call it the offense Tannehill, whatever there's the numbers. He's not producing. The most points he had was back in week one so far, 13 and a half. Didn't score a touchdown still doesn't have a touchdown. This past week he scored 10.3 against Cincinnati in a game where they were pretty much blowing Cincinnati out the whole time, still only putting up that much, still just not getting a lot of volume and we know this offense runs through Derrick Henry and maybe even J Spears a little bit at this point. I don't really see that changing. Next week, he goes up against Indianapolis. Division matchups projected 12.2 points. Wide receivers have done okay against the Colts. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say he does get that 12 points and gets into the probationary portal, even though I'm not confident at all in
0: it. (laughs) all right well another guy staying in the doghouse a disappointing one but that is trevor lawrence and at first i was thinking about possibly bringing this, this to the stand but i did some research before i freaked out and i wanted to see because trevor lawrence was drafted as like the quarterback six and the quarterback six last year by the end of the season was still averaging like around 18 points so trevor lawrence is not doing that um with his Horrible performance in week two against Kansas city. His average is probably somewhere around like 13, 14. Um, and you know, he just can't touch that 20 point mark, which we, we do want to expect out of a player like Trevor Lawrence, especially with the offensive weapons he has. Um, I would say this was probably one of the better games that he's had 23 for 30, throwing one touchdown, no interceptions, which was nice showcases, rushing upside a little bit, Um, But he's he's just not throwing for enough yards. We really want to see him touch that 300 mark, which he hasn't done once this season. Next week, he goes against Buffalo. And everyone who has Trevor Lawrence on their roster, I think people love to get swarmed by matchups. And what I've noticed is there are a lot of quarterbacks, especially, that when they have a tough matchup, they do tend to bring their A game, the coaches, prepare just a little bit more maybe some trick plays or something like that anything to beat the bills so I'm also going to go out on a limb here and say that this week against Buffalo is going to be the first game that he touches 20 points and he may throw a pick but I think we're going to see a lot of yards thrown from Trevor Lawrence and more than one touchdown um, to get him to maybe a performance like he did in week one which was nice 18 points but again we need to see a little bit more um, If he didn't throw that pick, he would have been up there. So I'm going to go ahead and say that he outperforms his projection in week five and finds himself in the probationary portal.
1: Yeah, that would be nice for Trevor Lawrence. He had a lot of high hopes going into this year as well. And moving down the list here is Najee Harris. He is staying in the doghouse. And guys, if I took away the pictures and the names and I gave you just a player comparison, and one was Jalen Warren and one was Najee Harris, you would not be able to tell who had what game. They both put up around 11 points this week. They are both seeing nearly an even split in that backfield. Najee Harris played only 49% of the snaps. But the big kicker here is that Jalen Warren is the pass catching back on this team. Najee is running the ball. He did have 14 14 rushes for 71 yards this week. That was good for over five yards per carry. But, again, that was against the Houston Texans. And excuse me, he's not putting up touchdowns. He barely, barely eclipsed 11 points this week. And this was, believe it or not, his best game of the year. He's mostly sitting around five and six points. And right now, from a guy you drafted in the third round, maybe early fourth, he is not The RB1, borderline RB1, solid RB2 that you were hoping for. And his counterpart, Jalen Warren, is probably sitting on the waiver wire, if not a bench stash in your league. And you can get similar production from him. I have been disappointed with Najee Harris. I was really big on him coming into this year. But I think that the writing is on the wall. He gets a date with my Baltimore Ravens next week, who we do have a good run defense. And then he's got a buy on week six. So, Najee Harris will probably be camping out in the doghouse for the next couple of weeks.
0: Or maybe Bust Island. Maybe, maybe. even
1: Bust Island if he has a putrid game against the Ravens.
0: He deserves right. it. All right, last guy staying in the doghouse. We'll get to the four players that are entering after this.
1: Yep, I think
2: I think Najee Harris definitely deserves bust island if he has another putrid week but moving on to this guy this guy that had a breakout week one after a couple years off and has kind of fallen off since then and that's calvin ridley this past week only two targets he did have a touchdown that saved his week but still only put up not even 12 points in ppr leagues i I know everyone got so excited and i did too after week one he put up 23 but it's been a you know, five, seven, and then eleven the past three weeks, and it kind of coincides with Trevor Lawrence being you know mediocre so far. But John, I'm actually gonna I agree with you in the aspect. I think there's a little bit of like a reverse psychology going on with uh, with this matchup against the Bills. They are at Buffalo, which is a little bit concerning, and the Buffalo defense has been very good this week, and they just shut down Miami's offense, but. It feels like this is like a do-or-die game for the Jaguars. A lot of hype going into this season for the Jags. They are going to have something to prove this week. They may not win the game, but I think they're going to play well, and I think that's going to result in, like you said, Trevor Lawrence, and I think it's going to coincide with Calvin Ridley outperforming his expectation of 12 points this week. You know, They're going to rise to their A game, and I think they're going to be ready. Maybe he doesn't have a massive game like he did in week one, but I think it'll be good enough for him to get into the probationary portal.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Jags are going to have to bring the Ray game. All right, and
2: and the Bills just lost Tredavious White Ooh. for the season. So mm. something to
0: remember and look out for. All right. So we are welcoming four new members to the doghouse. One of them won an award in our fantasy award show on yesterday's episode. You can check that out on YouTube. Uh, Jalen Waddle won a free ticket. Everyone is upset with him, and he is now waddling into the showers of the doghouse.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Jalen Waddle is getting ready to enter the doghouse. And like we said in our fantasy award episode, he seems to be the middle child at this point. Tyree kills the older brother that everyone pay that everyone knows, everyone loves, everyone pays attention to. And it seems like the Miami running game, specifically Devon Achain, is the little brother that's the new like sexy thing that everyone's like, "Whoa, so cute! Let's play with him more." And Jalen Wilds just forgotten about in the middle. So far this season, he did miss a game last week in Week Three, but this season he hasn't eclipsed six, six targets. And you expect more from him for a guy that was a wide receiver one last year doesn't have a touchdown yet. I do believe he did have a touchdown called back, but still that's resulted in his best game being 12 and a half points against new England in week two. And there was a lot of draft capital spent on this guy. You know, you're talking a late second round pick early third round pick just hasn't produced the results that you wanted. And, now you're starting to wonder as an owner, is it going to be just a Tyreek Hill and Miami running game season? Because last year, Miami's running game wasn't as good as it has been so far this season. So is Jalen Waddle going to be the forgotten about guy? Unfortunately, I think he will be. So now you're just expecting like, is he going to, you know, he does go against the giants in week five and yeah. they deep. They've been really bad. Their defense yeah. has been really bad. But their running game's good. I don't know. I just feel optimistic this week, I guess, with some of these doghouse yeah. guys. I uh, know I like it. I like and, it. And the projections aren't crazy. He's projected a little under 12 points. I think he's going to get it against this Giants defense. The Dolphins should easily have their way. So t- Jalen Waddle won't need that much to get 12 points this week.
0: I agree. All right, next guy entering in the doghouse is Ramondre Stevenson. Honestly, for a guy that was drafted in the second, third round, he's not performing like it really ever. I mean, first two weeks were somewhat nice. Maybe you were expecting like, hey, that's just a warm up. I mean, he started out with six six targets, six receptions in week one for 64 yards. Um, Only has one touchdown on the season, but week four against Dallas, week three against the Jets, he's really just not done well at all. Um, He's still playing in a lot of snaps. He hasn't touched 20 snap attempts yet, but he's just not getting the yards that we want. Um, Besides week one, he's not getting the yards in rushing or in the reception game. And he goes against New Orleans in week five, and I do not think that he's going to exceed expectations uh, because Saints defense is looking pretty good, um, especially their linebacking core. So um, I think Bill Belichick has kind of moved on, which we uh, unfortunately did make everyone weary of. You know, Bill Belichick does not care about fantasy points, He doesn't care. All he cares about is winning. And I mean, he's not even really doing that. So (laughs) if Bill Belichick does want to get back to winning, maybe he should use Ramondre Stevenson more, but he's not. I think he's trying to make Mac Jones look better. And he's really trying to like show that he made the right pick there. Um, And he's trying to make Mac Jones be the winner. But if he really wants to win, it'll be Ramondre Stevenson. And if he doesn't, if he uses Ramondre like he has uh, in week five, he's going to stay in the doghouse.
1: Yeah, and the Bill Belichick era might be over sooner than you think in New England if they continue to lose ball games. But seeing the doghouse this week is another guy that I was personally super, super high on going into this year, and it's Jerry Judy, wide receiver for the Broncos. Believe it or not, his three catches for 52 yards on Sunday against the Chicago Bears led the team in receiving. How sad is that? It's a combination of Russell Wilson passing – To nobody we know, the touchdowns always seem to go to guys that we have absolutely no clue who they are, and the touchdowns are scarce alone, especially up until this Chicago game. And Jerry Judy has just been disappointing. He hasn't seen more than seven targets, yet he did miss week one against the Raiders, which would have been a juicy matchup. I wonder how much his hamstring is bothering him from the preseason or what's going on here, but still, it is just disappointing He's only eclipsed 10 points once, and he gets a date with the New York Jets and Sauce Gardner and that defense next week, and it depends where Sauce Gardner is on the field. That's really what happens if Judy has a decent game or not. Hopefully, he follows Cortland Sutton and not Jerry Judy, but just an overall disappointment for Jerry Judy this year if you drafted him
0: as a high upside wide receiver too. Yikes. 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 Right. All right, we got one more guy entering the doghouse, Bob. All right, closing it out now. And this is a guy that was a little,
2: that's definitely been forgotten about through the first four weeks of the season, but did have some hype going into fantasy drafts and everything, and that's Brandon Cooks. Guy was, an, you know, there was, the Dallas Cowboys last season didn't have a wide receiver too because Michael Gallup was coming off an ACL. Clearly wasn't himself. So the Cowboys went out, got a wide receiver, too, in Brandon Cooks. And people thought, oh, he's going to perform well, you know, alongside CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, Cowboys offense. He should be okay. People were actually talking about maybe him even sneaking in to the wide receiver, two conversation. And it just has completely gone south. It hasn't happened. He's missed one game. His highest total points so far was this past week against the Patriots when they completely blew him out. It was 5.7 points it just looks like it's not going to happen and you're just hoping for a random day where he'll get a touchdown or Dak Prescott will decide hey I'm going to target Brandon Cooks more and but there's it doesn't look like there's going to be any consistency to it now that Michael Gallup's healthy obviously CeeDee Lamb is the wide receiver one there even Jake Ferguson is performing better than Brandon Cooks so it's just a dart throw at this point he finds himself in the doghouse he they they're on the road At San Francisco, whose defense, you know, has been good this year, but I don't think it's as good as it was last year. They're not really getting to the quarterback as much, so maybe there'll be more opportunities for Dak Prescott to air it out, but I wouldn't expect those targets to be going to Brandon Cooks that much, and I find it hard to believe that he's going to crack eight points this week, so I think he's going to stay in the doghouse.
0: All right, well, that that was a lot, but... Great job, gentlemen. I do have one correction, uh, one stat correction for today. The Jaguars and the Bills are actually playing in London. Jags are playing in London again. So, wow. All, yeah, all the more reason for the Jaguars. Yes. Yeah. Maybe even beat the Bills. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, that good really catch. does help our case there. Um, so, hey, that was a great doghouse episode. Had a great time debating those three players on the stand. We will be back next week for more Fantasy Awards and another episode of The Doghouse. Thank you, everyone, for watching on YouTube and everyone listening on Apple and Spotify. We will see you next week for Week 5 Recap and Week 6 Prediction. Yeah, peace.